is a Woodside Church podcast. Right. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you all. Wonderful time of worship. Definitely, definitely the Holy Spirit is here. You know what? Whatever I'm about to preach was through the worship. The joy of a preacher is amazing. Yes. God, this is what we want to hear. This is what we want to listen to. But before that, we're just going to quickly go into a game. Um, I don't know if you have played this game. This is called Zoom In, Zoom Out game. So basically, I'll just uh, put a picture up of a zoomed in. I mean, I'll put a picture about zoom in. And you get the, a chance to guess what it is. And, and there are probably, we'll zoom out slowly. At the end, we'll see what it is. So we're going to split into three teams. On the right is Team A. On the middle is Team B. On the left is Team C. Or should it be the other way around? Never mind. A, B, C. All right? And um, we'll have a trial. Okay, this is the first one. The first one is a trial. Okay, you can put the first picture up. Can anybody guess what it is? Any team? Sun. Pizza. Bread. Okay, next one. We zoomed in. Dry leaf. Still bread. Still bread. Next one. What is it? Pizza. Non-wedge pizza. Um, yeah, go to the next one, please. It's a turtle. Sorry, guys. It's not a dry leaf. It's not a bread for someone still. Is it a bread? Right, okay. Do you get the idea of the game? Right, we're going to, we're going to have three more pictures, uh, and then we'll see um, what they are. The next one. Okay. Any guess? Sky. Sky. <laughs> no, next one. Still the sky. <laughs> well, it looks like Josh's shirt, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Um, next one. Excellent. Who said it? Uh, <laughs> oh, Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whoever said it. It, it, the, 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 the point goes to Team B. <laughs> right, the next one. Next one, please. Oh, no, the, the, the previous one. You didn't show the, the golf ball. Ah, that's it. That is it. That's the golf ball. Okay, the next one. Any guess? It's a leaf. Very good, very good. Who's that? You're going good, really nice. But basically, for everything I showed, everybody said leaf. Um, okay, the next one. All the footies. <laughs> okay, next one. Okay, the final one. It's the final one. It is a pizza. Well done, Maria. Team B. Team B is winning all the time. Team B. Well done, Team B. Oh, it's a leaf on a pizza. Right, okay. Joyce is the head of sciences, and when, he, when she says, we just believe whatever she says. So the point goes to Team C. Nah. Nah. Right, the next, the final one. Leaf. Ah, who said it? <laughs> Haniel, 
<laughs> right. Any guess? No? Apart from leaf? Pardon? What's that? A pizza again. <laughs> a veggie pizza? No, uh, right. Okay, next one. Pardon? Soap? Lemonade. No. Okay, next one. Jelly. Ooh. Coyote. We have a dentist in the room. We have a... Oh, yeah, you have quite a lot of dentists here. Right, okay, the final one? Final picture? Yes, it's a toothpaste and a toothbrush. Yay, guys, you're doing so well. Uh, who won? No one knows. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I told you at the beginning, the winning team is going to be Team B, whoever gets the point, right? Okay, Blair. I was just kidding. I mean, just a nice game. It, it's fun to play games, but sometimes this is how we look at things. This is how we um, approach life, approach a situation. We are so zoomed that we don't really get the whole picture. It's good to zoom out a bit. Right, okay, let me take a break. Let me zoom out and, and, and maybe even say, Take God's, God's point of view, who sees the whole picture, and then you understand, ah, it's not just a leaf, it's a leaf on a pizza. Yes, you see, and, and toothbrush and all that, the, the truth is revealed. Right, um, I just want to bring in some interesting thing that we read, which actually Gary Smith, Gary Smith is here with us, yay Gary, welcome, who brought uh, to us recently in our prayer meeting something called permacrisis. Have you heard of permacrisis? No? Okay. This is from the Guardian, from the Guardian News. It'll probably come up next. There, let's go. Um, cool. Brexit, COVID, war, climate disasters, a tanking economy, political instability, global insecurity, a sense of impending doom. There's a single word for this, and it has just become Collins Dictionary's word of the year. Perma crisis. This word is going to be added into the dic dictionary. Basically, this is how they define since you know, COVID kicked in 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022 especially, this is how they want to defend the whole year. It is perma-crisis, in a way. It's, it's, it's two words combined. Permanent crisis has been combined into, say, uh, permanently we are in a very difficult situation. The word is defined as an extended period of instability and insecurity, which some may argue is an accurate summary of the past few years. Guys, this is what the world is looking at. This is what we are in. And this is the perspective we have. Or in other words, this is what others are saying. This is how you look at the world behind. And this is the basis of why I'm choosing this topic. Again, I've been praying, Lord, what do you want us as a church to know, as a church to grow into and, and be free from? Permacrisis. Now, what is the real permacrisis? Is it true what they're saying? They are facts. We are not disagreeing the facts. We are not saying, oh, no, that is not happening. That's definitely happening. We've been through a very tough time, real crisis. We have faced it. 
We have come out. It's hit us so hard. But is that the real crisis? Is that the real perma crisis? We're going to look at the topic for today. It's Jesus meets a woman at the well. Jesus meets a woman. We're going to look into a story which is in the Bible to understand how Jesus sees things in one lady's life through which we can apply so much and learn for ourselves. The story is recorded in John chapter 4, verses 1 to 30, and there's an in-between, another bit, there's a slight diversion, then come back to the same story. It's 39 and verses 39 to 42. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read through the story, and then we will all know the story. Many might know the story already, but we're just going to look into the background and learn certain things, what is applicable for us, and understand what is the real perma crisis and what is the solution. Let's just close our eyes in prayer. Through the worship, God was very, very, very present, and He is present now. He is speaking to us. God is saying, delight in Him. God is saying, my love is ever present in your life, and that's what you need. And we've hear, heard testimonies after testimonies after testimonies, and we've learned about the power of Jesus. Yes. And we, we <laughs> wonderfully, Connie put it at the end, are you depleted? Do you feel really dry? Father, this is how we are at this morning, as a country, as a nation, as, as a whole world actually, and even personally, even more so personally. Father, we pray, let your truth set us free. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's read through the story. Um, chapter 4. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. Actually, the story begins here. Some may think the story begins after he meets the woman. No, the story begins here. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey. Jesus is tired. He is human. He is God. But he was full and full, 100% human. He was tired, like how we are many times. Wearied as he was from his journeys, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. That is the way they used to say for afternoons. Basically, it's an afternoon time. Afternoon time in Samaria is a very, very hot time. And people don't want to go out during that time. Usually, what happens is uh, we read in history that they tend to do whatever they need, even shops and all that, whatever they have, they tend to kind of have it about, have open quite early in the morning, from maybe 6 o'clock onwards, and then go up to, say, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and when the heat kicks in, everybody goes for a break. 
a long lunch break. And they wait for the heat to die down. Maybe after four or five, they again reopen things. And, and nobody wants to do anything during that heat time. They didn't have ACs, unfortunately. So this was the hour, but Jesus is there. We read, really thirsty, tired, sitting on the well. I just want to put the um, map here so that we can see. See, here is Judea at the bottom, and Galilee on the top. That is where Jesus is heading to. Yeah? Samaria is the place in between. The reason why I'm putting that, I'm just telling you the background, okay? And, and it, it, we just read, and Jesus had to go through Samaria. Actually, what happens? Jews living in Judea and in Galilee, they hate the Samaritans. They hate the Samaritans. They really detested the Samaritans. They thought these people should, should not even be alive. Okay, they taught them as they are all part of the same country, but what happens is because they feel they have really not followed God's rules, they have really um, changed so many things, they have adapted new ways of life, and they are betrayed. That's what the betrayers, that's how they thought, and they really detested them. So this is how, and normally a Jew, if they wanted to go to Galilee, this is the route which they would take. You see in red, they used to go around Samaria. They didn't even want to step into that land. That is how much they hated the Samaritans. And same with the Samaritans. They won't have anything to do. To be honest, if, if they accidentally had to meet a Samaritan or anybody from there, the Jews would walk away in a different direction. And this is how they always took, it, they didn't mind taking the longest route around to Galilee rather than going through Samaria. But here you see Jesus being a Jew, he chose to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. There is Shechem, you see Sikar? There, and that's, that's where the well is. And he is going through and then choosing this, intentionally choosing this route. We read, we carry on. Verse 7. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Mm. I was just telling you about the background, how people don't go out in the afternoon because it's so hot. But here, a woman who, who's probably the practice every single day came to draw water. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think this woman came alone and this hour of the day when nobody wants to do anything there? Basically, the way the women would come to draw water. It's, it's a very dry, I mean, I'm talking about heat, right? It's absolutely dry, and these are wells, and they have to walk a long way to come down to fetch water and take it. So what they would prefer, and what the normal practice was, all the women will gather in the morning, early in the morning, they will all come to, you know this chit-chat, nice women's fellowship, you know, it's good. Oh, well, I'm not talking about the church fellowship, okay? I'm just generally saying, uh, they have fun, which is really good. Guys, don't get me wrong. Please get along. Have so much fun together, and that is very important. So they all would come, you know, chatting, take their pots with them, walk all the way, you know, have these gossips, have this nice story, nice uh, thing. Men also do that, okay? Here in this story, it's women, so I'm talking about women. Don't think I'm talking about just women. Men, we are as bad. Don't worry. So they carry, they go and they'll probably 
fetch water, help each other out, and then before the heat comes in, they will get back to their town. But here we see a woman all alone coming. Why? Because she was not accepted. Because she had to face so many, so many things with her, probably through their actions, through their words. Basically, people didn't like her. They didn't want her. She didn't belong anywhere. She couldn't go out with the women. So she, rather than even going behind the women, when they're going there, going behind the women at a safe distance, not distance, she's like, ah, I don't even want that. I've had enough of these people. Let me go at a time when no one would choose to go afternoon. I don't care about the heat. I don't care about what's around. It's okay even if I get burnt, but it's better for me not to go with them. It's better. I've had enough. The women had enough. The other women, like push, they didn't care about her. They just pushed her to this situation. And at that point, Jesus is sitting there, wearied and there. And guess what? Jesus said to her, give me a drink. What a strange thing. What a strange thing. Verse 8, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So he's all alone, and he's talking to a Samaritan woman. The reason why I'm saying this, why I'm saying strange is that never ever a Jew would even look at a Samaritan. I told you, if the Samaritan comes, they would walk away. Okay, But Jesus had chosen to go through Samaria. He sits there. And when this woman comes, obviously, I'm just imagining, okay, if the will is there, and Samaritan woman coming there, looking at a Jew, obviously, from his dress, and, and I mean, the way he's dressed up and all that, looked at, oh, and she's probably taking the exact furthest, you know, you know, the distance, the other end of the well, and trying to fetch some water. Jesus builds a conversation with her. He just says, give me a drink, as if he's had a close relationship, as if she's part of the same family. There's no police, nothing. He just says, give me a drink. And, and this girl, this lady is absolutely shocked. What? What? This cannot be. A Jew would even die rather than have a drink from a Samaritan woman, which she gives. It's absolutely true. You know, they, they are from the shame-honor culture. They won't even go through Samaria. Imagine drinking water which is handed over by a Samaritan woman. Women, they always thought really lower than men there. That is how they were. And, and do you think they would? No. Now here, Jesus intentionally, not that he's dying, he's wearied, he's absolutely tired. We know the disciples have gone into the town to get something for him. He's waiting but he intentionally speaks to this woman. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that a Jew asked for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? She herself is absolutely shocked. She has no clue and she hasn't expected this at all. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. They've just put it so simply, but it's much more than that. And Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that, you, that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Mm. Jesus takes the conversation deeper now. He says, if, you, if only you had known who you are talking to, what is the gift of God, then you would be asking for water. The woman said to him, sir, 
you have, see, she just looks around, very practical, very intellectual woman. She just looks around and say, said to her, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water from? And in a way, slightly, she's trying to mock. One thing, she's, she's taking the opportunity, because she has this opportunity now to tease a Jew, which very, very rarely happens. And she's like, ah, I got my chance, let me get that. And she says, oh, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. So she's just mocking him. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you see the, the, the tone and, and the statement changes of Jesus? Now, he's talking to woman, but he's telling about the water that I give to him, him. What he's saying, he's generalizing mankind there, and he's bringing in a big statement, and then, then just saying to her, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this drink. She's now all interested. She's caught into the conversation. She gets excited about the fact that you won't thirst again. And you don't have to come and fetch water, which is already a big struggle. She doesn't have to face anyone. She doesn't have to face the heat. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Jesus is very, very strange sometimes, isn't he? He's very, very strange, or at least it appears as if he's very strange. She's asking for water. He says, I have water, that you, and, and if you drink of it, you will never thirst. And then her immediate response, give me that water. And the response of Jesus, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Hang on a minute, what does that have to do with water and thirst and being filled and never thirst again? What? Jesus is, sounds sometimes crazy, doesn't he? But he's not. But he's not. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your, is not your husband. What you have said is true. Jesus breaks further in into her life and then opens up things which she is hiding and pretending that everything is okay. Whoa, what would be our response immediately? Hey, are you trying to judge me, man? Yeah, that's the normal response we, we have, isn't it? To everything. Oh, they are judging me. No, no, no. And this is what, and immediately, as soon as he said this, there is an understanding that dawns upon this lady. She thinks, Oh, mm, mm. And then the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Immediately she changes her conversation onto something that is not about water, that's something not about husband or her life. Immediately he switches. She is very clever. She switches the conversation. 
Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to a woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. He's talking about the plan that God had uh, through Israel. But the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. They believed in Messiah as well. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Then the disciples, his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? Because they were a bit, okay. If Jesus does something, he has something in his mind. But they were shocked that he was even talking to a Samaritan woman. Verse 28, one of the favorite verses in, my Bible, I mean in the Bible, my, my favorite verse. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town. The people now listening to her, they went out of the town and were coming to him. Verse 39 onwards. There's another diversion which I said was taken off. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. What a drastic change that happens by meeting Jesus. A conversation with Jesus. A, a, a debate with Jesus changes everything for this woman. Now, there's so much we could learn from here, but I just want to focus on certain things from this, and then we will move on. We'll learn and we'll see what we can apply in our lives. What is the woman actually struggling with? And where is Jesus heading to with her life? Firstly, she's struggling with lack of acceptance. Secondly, she's struggling with lack of understanding. Thirdly, she's struggling with lies which has, which has wrongly portrayed her identity to herself. Lack of acceptance. Obviously, the people have not accepted her. She is feeling rejection. She chooses the time that she would come when nobody was around. People don't approve of the way she's living. The people don't approve. They're trying to say, you are different to us. You're not living by what we are saying. You are not part of us. You are separate. They have not accepted her. Many a times in our life, we struggle with it, don't we? But here we have Jesus who intentionally builds a conversation in acceptance, trying to say, yes, 
Even women may not, your own women may not accept you. Your own family may not accept you. They might bring in your past. They might bring in how you live. They might bring up your failures. But I want to say, I'm really interested in you. I'm really interested in you. And he fully accepts her. Lack of understanding. Jesus portrays to her, your problem is you're not understanding who you're talking to. Or in other words, you, are, you think you understand, you think you know what the problem is, but actually you don't know what the problem is. If only you know who you're talking to, your problem is solved already. Thirdly, it's the struggle with the lies. She's believed what the people around her has said. This is who you are. You're not allowed to come with us and things like that. And apparently, you know, you see the people at the end of the story, they go to her again and say, initially we came because you told something about Christ and we were interested. But now, not because of you said, we, because we believe because we have heard ourselves. She has been told so many lies, has been filled with lies, and she apparently probably believed that I'm no good. I'm not a good woman. Jesus is not digging into the past and trying to make a big issue of, ah, I know in and out of you, and about you, you are this, you are that. No, no, no. He's just trying to bring the point that you are believing in lies. She is struggling with lies. Oh, the next slide is here. Firstly, for lack of attention, Jesus intentionally reaches out to her and accepts her. For lack of understanding, Jesus opens her eyes. The struggle with the lies, Jesus fills her with the truth. Now, this is the real permacrisis. This is where we're heading to. We've just started our preach, guys. Hallelujah. Um, this is the real permacrisis. Lack of acceptance. Lack of understanding. Struggle with lies. We think it is that woman's story. No, this is our story. You see people struggling, running here and there, running to people, running to things, running to activities, running to so many places to feel accepted. To feel accepted. They watch videos after videos after videos, and especially the ones that get the most likes. You know why? Oh, maybe if I do the same, maybe if I follow the same way of living, I will be accepted too. The likes are so important, isn't it? It makes, and you present something, you put something, and you don't get any likes. It's like, mm, I haven't got any likes. Am I not accepted? The, 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 the baseline of this is lack of acceptance. Everybody is struggling with it, whether you agree or not. We all are struggling with lack of acceptance. We all are struggling with lack of understanding. What is this, is this understanding about? We lack the understanding about God. We lack the understanding about ourselves. And we lack the understanding of our purpose in this world. And that really puts up the struggle. That makes life very, very, very difficult. We, like the zoomed-in picture... We saw earlier on in the game, we are so zoomed in and we think, this is it. And we start working around it. We, we do all that we can to fix it. But we don't because we don't know what the real picture is. We are so zoomed in. And finally, struggle with the lies. 
how many of us are struggling with lies? Uh, Rick Warren, one of a very good you know, book writer, he writes this, every failure begins with you believing in some lie. Every failure, every struggle that you have begins with you believing in some lie. This is our story. This is your story. This is my story. Okay? I want to know, I want you to, or may I request you to, just focus on God. Try to say, Lord, this is my perma crisis. This is my permanent crisis. Yes, the world is not proper around me. It's fallen. But lack of acceptance, lack of understanding, and struggle with lies. We all go through this. I go through it at some point or the other. Are you struggling with it? I have good news. Jesus has come intentionally to meet you. This is how talks started worship today. Guys, Jesus is here. He wants to meet with you today. May I, may I remind you? May I encourage you? You're not here by accident. Anything in uh, the, the, the path of Jesus is not coincident. He's very intentional. He intentionally wants to reach out to you and, and sort you out. Okay, what, what is our common response to this? Immediately when it says, you know, we've heard this so many times. Oh, God is here. Oh, come on, I surrender. You know, present yourself. What is our common response to this? Exactly like this woman, we raise barriers. Immediately we raise barriers. We build a wall. Said, What's the first barrier the woman raised? The I barrier. She said, I am a woman. I am a Samaritan. She talks about her birth and who she is. She talks about her ethnicity. She talks about every single political barrier. She said, I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew and all that. Immediately, the first thing we want to raise is uh, the I barrier. We look at ourselves so much, isn't it? We look at ourselves and think, I'm weak. I'm no good. This is my strength. This is my weakness. I like this. I don't like this, in my opinion, and all that. And then we put that barrier up straight away to Jesus. Jesus breaks through that barrier. And the second barrier she pray, puts up is the practicalities. When he breaks through it, he, she puts the practical. Oh, well, you don't have a rope. You don't have a, a pot. You don't have, how will you get water? This well belongs to us. Do you have a well of your own? And all that. She's trying to become a very you know, practical, intellectual person. Every time when we want to meet, you know, or when this thing about God comes into our life, we are like very practical. Oh, the situation is like this. You know, we read the situation, we look into the facts, and we raise that barrier. Final barrier, even when he breaks through that barrier, what we do, we raise a theological and spiritual barrier. Well, you know, um, our forefathers have said, you know, we are supposed to worship in the mountains. You say you need to worship in Jerusalem and all that. We're trying to become very theological and bring in our understanding about God and our spirituality and all that. God, Jesus breaks through that barrier. The second thing we do is we pretend. We don't just raise barriers. We pretend as if everything is okay and we avoid the actual problem. Here, the woman has a problem. Jesus is straight. He's dealing with the actual perma crisis in her life, but she pretends everything is okay. She comes, she's, she's avoiding the action. She's not going into her life. She's not going into uh, this theological question straight away. 
as, as Jesus opens up into her life, and then she brings all these things out. We pretend everything is okay. Hey, how are you? You're right. We talk about all the other problems in the world, but we, don't, we are not true and honest about ourselves. We begin to blame the things around us. We're trying to say, I'm fine. I'm okay. It's the things around me. It's the things around me. Oh, that is not right. This is not right. My, my, you know, my family is not right. My friend is not right. My car is not right. My things is not right. My financial situation is not right. The country is not right. And this is right. The political, you know, whoever, the leaders are not right. We blame everything. We pretend everything is okay. Finally, we choose. The next response we do is we choose the escape route. How many of us do that? We are so good in that. We choose when the actual problem is there. When she's really struggling with lies within about her past, about what people think around her, and she's living in such a crisis, but she chooses the escape route. She chooses a time when I don't have to face them, I don't want to. So this is, this is our common, common, common response. We desensitize ourselves to the problem and force fill our mind with either people or with activities or substances. We think the best way to deal with this problem is put the problem behind my back. I'm not going to look at it. I'm assuming that there's no problem. Everything is okay. And then we run after people. We run after activities. Oh, maybe if I go to the pub with my friend and enjoy and have fun, I'll be fine. The problem is still there. Or you involve in activities. It's, I'm not against activities. I'm not against friends. Please don't mistake me. But when you want to avoid and not face the problem and use this as an escape route, that's a problem. Sad thing is some people choose substances. Like it could be alcohol, it could be anything else. And then what happens is that leads into addiction. We think that is going to save me from not facing this problem, escape routes. Jesus plus our story. I'm going to skip the next slide, just final. Jesus plus our story. If you go to that one, please. When Jesus comes into our story, our perma-crisis changes. Where we lack acceptance, Jesus accepts us without any pre-requirements. I want you to know and go out from this place this Sunday knowing that Jesus accepts you. He loves you. He does not have any pre-requirements like the people in the town they had for all, whoever is setting things on you. You are accepted as you are. Jesus intentionally reaches out, breaking through every barrier. He breaks the eye barrier. He breaks the, the practicalities and intellectual barrier, and he breaks every theological and spiritual barrier, and he's coming to you. Secondly, for the lack of understanding, Jesus opens our eyes to the actual problem and he opens our eyes to the actual solution. Jesus reveals who he is, who we are, and its after effect. It's so important for us to know who God is and have that understanding. And we, it's so important for us to know who we are, that we are created being by God and that he loves us so much. And what is the effect of this? Now that you know who God is, now that you know who we are, and what is, so how does our situation change? Everything changes because of that. Finally, 
when we are struggling with lies, Jesus fills us with truth and he satisfies us. He said, anyone who drinks of this water will never thirst again. In fact, this will spring up in them as a well in themselves. Yes, knowing the truth sets us free and gives us, look at this, perma-crisis changes into perma-hope, perma-joy, and perma-peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is how he changes our life. He fills us with the living water. How many of us are looking for the solution? How many of us think, I am in perma-crisis? God wants, you fill, wants to fill you with perma-hope, perma-joy, and perma-peace. Can I request you to close your eyes wherever you are? Guys, I had so much to say, but I believe, I believe we know what we ought to know. We've heard what we ought to hear. This is an important moment. I'm going to be quiet. Whatever helps you through this day, through the worship, through the preach, may I say this is a personal time for you before God. He knows your heart. You may not even want to speak it out loud. He knows your heart. He's there, intentionally reaching out to you right now. Please don't raise the eye barrier. Please don't raise the practicality and intellectual barriers. Oh, if God is this, oh, God is that. You know why this happens, that happens, this happens. We think we know too much. No, we don't know. We are zoomed in. Please don't raise theological and spiritual barriers. The only thing that can set us free or who, the person who can set us free is Jesus and he's right there for you. Right there for you. He's saying, I'm reaching out to you. I want to reveal myself to you and open your eyes. And he says, I want to fill you. I want to fill you. Let all lies be gone in the name of Jesus. Let all lack of acceptance be gone in the name of Jesus. Let all lack of understanding be gone in the name of Jesus. Father, we absolutely surrender, just like Sarah said the word, we surrender for you. Lord, you know, like how you knew the woman's situation so perfectly, so perfectly. You know every single situation that we are. We cannot hide anything from you. We cannot hiding anything from you. Jesus, we are bare open right before you. 
and say, yes, all that we need is you. All that we need is you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm just going to read the last verse and I'm going to finish there. John 4, 28, 29. So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be Christ? I love that verse. You know why? She was talking about the pot a lot. She says, you don't have a pot. How will you, you know? Her main thing was to get water, fill, get this filled. At the end, when she had the revelation from Jesus, what has happened? The pot is by the well. She goes, you know why? The pot is empty, she is filled. The pot is empty, she is filled. She no more needed the pot because she has been filled with the living water. May that be true in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.